Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my God, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my God, I'm flying. I can fly. I can teleport and I can fly. Super senses. What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Mindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one crying dwarf minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us again today, we have Naomi Wong from Geek by Night. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Um, And today (laughs) we'll be talking about Minute 132, which starts with Gimli crying like a real dwarf and ends with Gandalf saying, but cannot hold them for long. We have barred the gates, but cannot hold them for long. Yes. They've taken the bridge in the seventh hall. Okay. So. How did they have the time to make Balin a grave? <laughs> Listen, you, you've got a priority. <laughs> like, do you fight off things or do you, like, build an elaborate grave? I know which one I'm choosing. <laughs> Dwarven priorities, man. Is it like respect um, your ancestors? Oh well, no! Is it like a like Egyptian pharaohs like starting their pyramid when they're sixteen or whatever? Maybe. Or is it? Yeah, I reckon they had that lying around. Yeah, like, just the stone. No, like we'll put them in. Like it was a plan, but it wasn't a plan for like another ten years. But I guess we can use it now. Right. Like they had the. Uh... They realized there were all these orcs in here, and Balin was just like, "All right, guys, I'm out. Uh, I got something you got. I'm do. out. <laughs> I need you to to make a room to put me in if they get me. If they get me, you like, you, you okay. can sit on the side. You can sit on the side. It's fine. <laughs> I know because like when you come into that room and there's that shot, 
there you can see that one dwarven guy sitting at the edge of the room on yeah, the back wall under the sh- under the shaft of light. Mm-hmm. He was Balan's last guard. Because it says that in twenty nine eighty nine they enter Moria. He dies twenty nine ninety four. So when did all of his entourage die? At the same because he's killed by an orc. Like an orc attacked him. Yeah. So if an orc is attacking him, well, some other guys. It's probably. Too. Attacking all of I don't know. That's Where's always Boyne and Ori's tombs. I don't know. No one cares about them. I mean, their no, bodies are there, their bodies are there somewhere. They might be in that room. Oin is Gimli's uncle. Yeah. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean Balin is too, but he's more like a cousin, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I always like thinking about which dwarf he is, and because I always forget which hobbits are which, not hobbits in the Hobbit, which dwarf is which. Mm. So I'm like. Uh, uh, he was the old wise one. Yeah. Yes. Advisor Balin's to the, the one with, with common sense. Yes. Mm. The only one who Balin's was alive the... before they did thing. <laughs> Balin is the sense-making dwarf. So why did he go and try and conquer Moria? Well, because after they got back Erebor, Balin was just like, well, it's time to reestablish the kingdom proper. Mm. I guess. Makes sense. He wanted to, wanted to make it like the last thing he did as a dwarf. I'm not sure how old Balin was, but he was... He was an old dwarf. He was getting up there. Hmm. He was older than Thorin, right? Uh, yeah. Not, not in the books. Not in the books. Oh, in the movie. He was the, he was the um, the second oldest after Thorin. But I think it said okay. I think Thorin was an adult at the time of like the bad stuff, bad juju, and. <laughs> <laughs> Words are just not working anymore. <laughs> but ba- Balin was uh, like a four or seven year old child, something like that. Mm. So it's like 20 years between them. Okay. If I remember correctly. Hmm. Mm. Let me see. Yeah, because in the book it says 2994, Balin perishes and the dwarf colony is destroyed. So they all die in 2994. Oh, here so we they go. They made this tomb beforehand. Um, do do do. While Thorin was twenty four, he was seven. Okay. All right. So there's th- uh, what is that? Seventeen years between them. Yeah, that's fast math. We can use you in Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm only so quick at basic uh, basic math like that because of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, that's the thing. I I really love this moment. This yeah. whole this this whole week before the goblins bust in. I I've always loved this because it's kind of a it's almost like a world building moment, and mm-hmm. it's a very personal moment for Gimli. And we don't get a whole lot of uh, personal moments for Gimli and Legolas in this movie. Mm. A lot of that comes later. So right. it's really nice to have this. And I like that his first reaction isn't um, like anger and stoicism or stoicism the way that you would think based on how we've seen dwarves kind of portrayed so far. As like the machoist macho. Yeah, he's like he's immediately goes to his knees with grief. Yeah. Mm. He just kind of lets it all out. He immediately makes himself vulnerable in front of what are with the pace of the movie ostensibly strangers to him. Mm. And I think that that says a lot about 
who Gimli is in the context of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's cool. Well, I like that um, because it was Gimli's idea to enter Moria in the first place. And yeah. he's like, in the back of his mind, he's like, okay, well, what happened to Balin? And I think he knows the whole time, but to have it confirmed is like what makes him break down so easily. Yeah. You know? Or quickly rather than easily. I mean, your uncle died, so. And this is in like, and this moment is in really sharp contrast to like the childlike wonder on his face for the reveal mm-hmm. of the Great Hall. Because he's never seen this place. Right. This is like the legendary Dwarven Kingdom. And there's a lot of detail in this tomb room. Yes. There's like Dwarven runes carved into the walls. So, this, the book that Gandalf is reading from... Is that the same book um, that Ori is keeping? Like the... One of the things that I'm looking at says, according to Ori's book of Marzarbul. Is that what that's supposed to be? Probably. So Ori is the one that like Gandalf just pries the book out of? Oh, that's um, sad. Yeah, maybe. In the, in the book, it does say that Ori's written this it's, it would be Ori's hand mm-hmm. he would write well and speedily and often use the elvish characters so yeah this would definitely be a, would be Ori's Ori's handiwork here that's so sad that's that sad especially considering it. the way he prizes it out of the hand always makes me giggle a little bit because I'm a <laughs> terrible person <laughs> that's okay do you think Gandalf knows? uh Maybe. He must. I think he suspects, but he's so old at this point that he's seen so many people die. I think yeah. it, it must, like, it's got to have an effect on you. Yeah. Gandalf is... Because Ori is the youngest of the dwarves in The Hobbit? Um. Again, not in the books, at least. Yeah. He's in the movie, okay. I'm pretty sure. It's Feely and Keely in the, in the books. Okay. I thought that Ori was pretty young, too. I don't know. He's probably the youngest surviving of them. That's true. Yeah. Oh, let's not talk <laughs> That always about makes it. me sad. That's the worst <laughs> part of The Hobbit. I was like, no, my faves. Oh. That's oh. so young. Man. Oh, that hurt. It was like, oh. So... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stab you so. I know. Oh, my God. With a Morgul blade. Ugh. Oh. God. That sucks. That's where Ori's grave is now. Yep. You were asking about it. <laughs> leaning up just, against... Just leaning up against Balin's grave. Balin. I, always, I wonder if there was a different room that he was meant to have a grave, but then... Needs must. Yeah. Because they... Yeah. I've always liked the name Fundin. Fundin. <laughs> Valen, son of Fundin. Fundin. Because if you break it into two words, it's fun din, and I think that's that's, that's like a fun dinner. <laughs> I like food. Or like, or like a fun party. Like a din is like a raucous a event. Noise. Yeah. I don't know. That's it's just funny. always kind of made me smile every time I see that name written out. <laughs> for that so, reason. Twenty ninety four, and it's thirty nineteen. So. Right. These dwarves have been sitting gross and dead for over 20 years. In the in the book, anyway. Yeah. In the movie, there's not that much time passed. We don't know exactly how long 
Those skeletons are skeletons. Right. Mm. But in the context of the movie, there's not that 17-year gap. Right. Well, they don't... They don't put and up. they don't tell us when Balin left right. for Moria in the movie. We just know that he left. And the way that it sounds in the movie is that they only left like maybe a few years ago and no one's heard from them. Mm. But in the book, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> they heard from them off and on for like a decade or so in the book. Right. And then they just kind of stopped getting messages. And... No one is willing to send people out to go check. Hmm. Oh, okay. So it says, Balin was killed by an orc archer in the Dimrald Dale, 2994, ambushed while going alone to look in Miramir. Soon afterwards, the door... Okay. So they had just enough time to make him a grave, and then they yeah. were all dead. You know, dwarf uh, dwarf craftsmen were That makes quick. me feel better. I've always just wondered, like, how? Like... <laughs> When a dwarf dies, a sarcophagus just, just grows around from them. the ground. They are creatures of stone, and yep. therefore, they, they return one, to stone. They are one with the earth. Yes. <laughs> they were made from the stone, and to the stone they will return. It's like a duck trio, but instead it's, it's a grave. Yes. Oh my god. He must have been like the ultimate dwarf, because they've not sprung up around any of the other ones. Yes. His connection to the earth was deepest. It's because he was so old and wise. Yes. Oh my god. Now I'm just thinking of a duck trio in Moria. <laughs> Balin's a king. He gets to die a king. Yeah. No, he is. Quote unquote. He didn't... I wouldn't necessarily count Balin a king. He didn't reconquer at first. They just kind of showed up and they didn't see any orcs at first. And they were like, all right, this is cool, I guess. <laughs> well, they conquered it for like five years. Yeah. And then they had some skirmishes and some orcs, and then they didn't see any for a while. Mm -hmm. And then they found the Balrog. Mm. Orcs. Orcs. Those filthy orcs. <sighs> Killing the coolest dwarf. I love Balin. I've always <laughs> loved Balin. He's definitely my favorite of Thorne's company. Not just like in the movies, but like in the book too. Because he's Bilbo's best friend. Yeah. Mm. He's the one that shows up at the end of the story and has a smoke and a chat with Bilbo. Yeah. I don't know. In, in the books, it was always feeling and killy for me. And in the movies, I really love James Nesbitt. Mm. Oh, yeah. He's so good. He's super good. He's like one of the most redeeming aspects of those movies. Mm. I, I don't know. Yeah. I still like hot dwarfs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, with Feely and Keely, I was like, but they, no. <laughs> That's not what they look like. <laughs> yeah. I know, because in that um, that animated Hobbit movie, they all look like garden gnomes. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it really is. But they and they look like twins. Like mm. you know I used I mean? to think they were twins. Are yeah, they not I think twins? A lot of people do. <laughs> well, they got rhyming names, kind of. But so do all the dwarves. <laughs> Balin and Dwalin are twins. Yeah. Dory, Ori, and Nori. Right, Biffer, Bofer, Bomber. <laughs> Listen, they come in, like, litters. Okay? <laughs> That's how dwarfs are. They just they sprout from the earth. Mm-hmm. And they all Honestly. have beards. <laughs> Even the dwarf women. Mm -hmm. Yes. But there's a difference in the dwarf women's beards. That's what Gimli says. You can see the difference what in the beards. What could possibly be different? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just don't grow as long. They probably don't grow in as, as full. 
Or they, yeah. like, stop at a certain point. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. And then the, the dwarf dudes just, like, keep going. It just goes forever. You yeah. can tell how old a dwarf man is by the length of his beard. Yeah. It's a status thing. It's like the like the samurai top knot thing, which which makes no sense as to why Thorin doesn't have like a majestic beard. But anyway, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're the king. You you need a you know when I when I first read those beard. Hobbit books as a kid, I always pictured like Thorin, like Macbeth with like the little crown oh and the gray God. hair and the little like chin strap beard. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the only one. What the heck? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the there's way I've like, always pictured Thorin like in my head. Three, three wizards in the woods just like chanting rhyme around a cauldron, and Thorin's like, "What the heck?" Yeah, and it's Radagast and South <laughs> Sarman and Gandalf. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just Christopher Lee and Ian McKellen and Sylvester McCoy. Oh, good times! Just, good times. This is the greatest uh, rendition of Macbeth I've ever heard of. <laughs> and, yeah, and Richard Armitage's Macbeth. Yes. Yeah. So who in this metaphor is uh, Lady Macbeth? Um, the Arkenstone? <laughs> just, just a floating Arkenstone. With a dress. <laughs> with, a, with a dress and dirty hands. Oh Always trying to wash itself. Oh. I'll never shine so bright again. It's like OCD Arkenstone. <laughs> it's just washing its hands. It's trying to polish itself, <laughs> but it can't get itself to shine quite right. It's got no hands, you know? Okay. So it's just like rubbing against the so sponge, like, trying to polish itself. So it's like the dragon Macduff? Or like yes. <laughs> Smaug. Smaug is Macduff. Well, you know, wasn't born a woman. You. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. We solved it. Oh my god. We solved these these are the questions we should be asking. The questions everyone it's, should be asking. It's like our Muppet casting. Oh, oh my Muppet casting. I I I really want I really want a Muppet parody of Lord of no, the Rings. No, I now. I want a Hobbit Macbeth AU. Like <laughs> Someone write it, print it, cut yes, it. Yes, please. Do it. Oh my god. That's what I'm going to do in my spare time. <laughs> priorities. Yes. The biggest priorities. Oh, my God. There's a little thing about this minute and next minute, and you see a little bit more of a next minute with Vigo, because when they were filming this Balanced Tomb stuff, uh, they came in on a Monday to start filming it, and Vigo had been surfing over the weekend and somehow smacked himself in the face <laughs> with a surfboard. So he had a big shiner on his right side. So all the shots of Vigo just for this little balanced tomb scene, you're looking at the left side of his face, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, including like this kind of awkward moment where he's in profile, but you're looking straight at Legolas. <laughs> so there's a couple odd angles with Vigo in this. this I'm trying moment. to think of like the blocking for that, like Legolas stand here. And then Vigo. It's like when you're gonna take like your senior portrait for high school. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, turn your head, but not that much. Okay, so turn to the left. You know, like really the, awkward photographer right. pose. But like the thing about it for me is that it was bad enough that between makeup and digital, they couldn't just be like, okay, we're just gonna film this regardless. Mm -hmm. So it just was bad enough that Peter was like, we're not gonna bother. <laughs> well, so I'm how bad was it? <laughs> 
right? I don't know. Have you ever been surfing? Because the no, idea but I've been hit in the face pretty hard. A surfboard <laughs> smacking you in the face. No, I've been I've been beaten in the head with a baseball a couple times though. Ugh. That explains a lot. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? <laughs> it should. My poor memory, for example. I don't know if yeah. I have any other notes. No, the mystery yeah. of the grave has been solved. I mean, I think that the the diary is a beautiful prop. Mm. Uh, I like that it's like cut in half part way through. Well, yeah, he's he used it as a shield, yeah, and then he ended up dying anyway. Yeah, poor right. Ori. But it's not stabbed all the way through. That book saved his life from at least one strike of a sword or an axe. Oh man, I'm never gonna watch this scene again because now it's like adorable redhead dwarf. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh crying letting his feelings oh, show no. they are come oh that's next minute but <laughs> so um also on duelinggenre.com our website um you can find the doctor's companion which uh is our doctor who podcast and geek by night uh which stars many other people and naomi among them yes um so you should listen to that and thanks again for joining us naomi Thank you. And it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.